Are you uh, ready to go over? Are you ready to go under? Oh, yeah. Season must be fast approaching because we're going to stick our toe into some over-under propositions for the Mountaineer football team. Hey, everybody. It's time. Episode 304 of Three Guys Before the Game. It is WVU football over and under with the Senator Brad Howe. The Dean not here on assignment. Leave it at that. That's a shame because I wanted him involved in, a, in these couple over-unders. I know, I know. Yeah, he'll be back. Uh, he'll be back next week. Three guys before the game brought to us by fine folks at the Burdette Camping Center. They happen to be the only, the only warranty forever RV dealer in the state of West Virginia. Visit them at BurdetteCamping.com. I mean, the accolades from episode 300 continue. And so they're going to continue to run their Canoe Curtis $300 special. You spend 1000 on anything there, parts, sales, service. Oh, what do you want to buy? You want to buy like $1,000 worth of like RV license plate holders? Fine, they'll take $300 off. All you need to do, spend 1000 parts, sales, and service. You know, just from an entrepreneurial standpoint, just had a thought. You could work an arbitrage off that. What do you say you do go buy $1,000 worth of license plate holders over there for your RVs? You're going you're gonna to pay 700 because you're going to get 300 off, right? Couldn't you just then go on to eBay and just sell them, work an arbitrage? You could do that. Well, you could. I don't think that's the intent of the discount there by Phil. But- hey, Phil and the folks, they just want to make people happy. Because they do that by giving people a warranty forever. That kind of puts a smile on people's faces, knowing that they're going to have it forever. Take the over on the uh, on the warranty. Oh, yeah. Visit them at BurdetteCamping.com or visit them in person at their location in Winfield. But just say, I'm a Three Guys listener. I want $300 off. Three Guys Before the Game also brought to us by Comax Business Systems. They are your full-service Konica Minolta dealer. You can check them out on the web at comaxwv.com. They also have something that can help you a ton, make you sleep better. And I'm not talking about melatonin. I'll get into it more later. And by WV Game Changer. State of West Virginia continues to be ravaged by opioid addiction. And you can become a game changer, help West Virginia families in children. Check out their website at wvgamechanger.com. That's wvgamechanger.com. Finish the music, please. Thank you. Well, that was well done. Like your old school DJ days right there. You yep. hit that one right on. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you. And people don't know, I did start off as a DJ. Roller skating rink. Roller skating DJ. Went on the road DJ. Not just in the studio DJ? I was in a roller skating rink. In the corner of the rink, up top, looking down. So disco ball, whole thing. Yes. Brand new rink. Brand new speaker system. Did not have compressors or limiters. And we blowed up the speakers in less than three weeks. Confetti inside the, the cones of those speakers. Had to bring some new ones in. Did you ever actually skate or just oh, play yeah, music? Yeah. No skate guard too. Did you have the, the nice black speed skates or did you just go the tan rentals? Tan with four rollers. This mm-hmm. is way before you know. No, I know. I had the four rollers too. Yeah. But I, the, the ones you always wanted were the black, the speed skating ones. Mm-hmm. Like I, really, I never got those. I was always just the rentals. Yeah. Well, when you've got his feet as big as I do, you don't beg. You just, whatever, you got something that size, I'll take them. <laughs> just give them to me. Yeah. Fair just point. give them to me. You think back to the music that I played back then, the songs that were the hottest Diana Ross, I'm Coming Out, Parliament, Queen, Another One Bites the Dust. And a lot of Ted Nugent, because what I would do, we would kind of get up there and, and giggle because the faster pace the music, the faster pace people go. Correct. So when the thing got pretty loaded up, we'd go, all right, man, let's crank this thing up a little bit just to see what could happen. You know, cause I get, everyone turns into the beginning of Daytona, right? You just, you turn in there just to totally, see. Totally right. Now, do you remember what song you would use when you, re- when you reverse course and do backwards skate? Did we you all, know the specific song? Because nah, I assume you did that, right? All skating rinks do that. Manhattan's... We are, uh, you, you are my shining star. Don't you know the way? That was always a good couples dance. Backward dance, backward couples skate. Couples skate. Couples out there 14 trying to hold hands. 
couple skate. Oh, we're off to a heck of a start here. We get couple skate at the roller skating. Okay, one right more here. roller skating thing. You know who I skated with once? Are you going to give me an actual name? Yeah. How do you remember the name? Okay, How do I remember the name? She was a Sports Illustrated swimming suit model. Excuse me? Sports Illustrated swimming suit model. At the time or became? Later became? Uh, she had already like started. Was Paulina Poroskova back there for a guest appearance and you were skating around with she her? Started, she had already started modeling. She had already, she'd already hit it pretty big. But it was Kim Alexis. Oh, sure. I remember the name. Yeah. So her sister's in my class, Rhonda. Um, Kim's two years older. She's my sister's age. And so when you skated with her, like you were on the rink at the same time? Mm-hmm. Oh, was was skated with her. Like held hands skating yeah, with her during yeah, the couple? Yeah, we just kind of went around together. I don't know if it was hands or shoulders or whatever it was. True story. What did you call this episode? Over Under? I think this I, is I'm now gonna, the Kim Alexis episode. No, I think I'm going to rename it just stupid stuff. But yeah, and plus, if you're watching us. Well, Kim Alexis, was that still help us in search? Would, that, would we get a little SEO bump if we put Kim Alexis <laughs> we put in there? Kim's name in there? Yeah, it might be the new title. Yeah, it could be. Welcome aboard, everybody. If you've just found us for the first time, probably won't come back. Yeah. So that she hit it like right off the bat. She was an unbelievable swimmer. We had, you had a, we had huge statewide success in swimming, and she was a big-time swimmer. Big-time swimmer. And then she got you – know, she was found, and then all of a sudden it was Mademoiselle, and she was overseas, and she was shooting covers in France, and then eventually the Sports Illustrated thing happened. Yeah. Did not see this coming. Yeah. Um, also, if you're watching in, you may be noticing I'm positioned differently. I lowered the chair. About time. Senator, we're, we're trying to get, relieve some neck pain. And if you're up top, we've got these monitors that are down on the ground. And it's, okay, we're going nowhere quick. Over under episode. Classes have begun on the WVU campus. Neil Brown says, that's fine, but I'm still going to have camp. So they're still pretty much in camp mode. And will be up until next week on the 24th. And then everything changes and they will do a week and a half of game prep. Normally you do a week of game prep, right? But they're going to jump into Maryland starting after the 24th. So probably like the 25th, they jump in, which means several different things, including we're getting close, folks, right? We're getting close. And Neil had a press conference earlier this week. And I think there's two ways to listen to a press conference. And maybe I can help you along here, and you may do it already by yourself. And that is you listen to what's said, and then sometimes you listen to what isn't said. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, what isn't said gives you the greatest value off of the press conference. So I'm going to go to running back. Okay. And... You know, the king in the clubhouse is Letty, and Letty's had a great camp. So that's not the question. But the question that may not be discussed enough is, okay, who's two and three and four? You with me? Did you also not listen? Did you also listen to the not answer? Well, I'm nodding because we've spent significant time some nights when you haven't been here on Sportsline talking about the backup running back because I think it's ultra important. This year, maybe some importance for the future, very important. So go ahead. So Tony Mathis obviously had a great offseason. He got nicked up and was missing, right, earlier earlier this week. So now comes the question, do we see a true freshman move into the three spot? Mm-hmm. And then how much could he push – can he get to the two and a half spot? Can he get to the two spot? Because I think that was to me what was the most intriguing. Because if you listen to Neil, you know, I don't think he's content with what he's seen at the two and a half, three spot right sure. now. Fair assessment? Sure, yeah. And I think that's why that was a focus in recruiting in this particular class. You've ended up with Jalen Johnson is here and ready to go. And yeah, that was a specific name mentioned when he was talking about who are the first year guys that need to be ready to go that you're going to play right away. He was one that was mentioned. I think that's significant. And so when they start to do this, they will, you know, this coming week, a lot of this comes down to special teams. Can Johnson also be a valuable special teams player that Right, that amps him up and that pushes him up. It doesn't right. seem as though 
you know, return wise and things like that. Not sure, but actual like special teams, athleticism, go out there and do it. Is that is that an option? How do you get your way onto the field? I thought that was kind of interesting. Agree, and and again, I think that's a really important position battle. More so for the future, you want to see what you've got right there. Hopefully, more so than this year, because if Letty Brown remains injury free, he's going to get the bulk of the carries and the bulk of the attention as he should. But I do think backup running backs absolutely something you watch. Yeah. So the other part of it is we've come so far as far as the offensive line goes in regard to competition. When this staff first arrived, it was, can we just find five people that we can put onto the field and have some semblance of an offensive line? So that was your first year. Like, can we just get five? So now, as you all know, the recruiting process has taken place. Transfer portal has been good. Recruiting has been real good. And now you get this big smile on this battle at the right side tackle between Wyatt Milam and Parker Moore. And so that is a win-win scenario. And Matt Moore, the offensive line coach, has said, you know, like, to him, he's giddy because coaches love competition. Great players love competition. And right now, they got a dandy. You talk to the D-line coaches, and they talk about what's going on over there. You talk to the O-line coaches, so they like it. The end result of all of that is you're in a good position. You're going to be okay because everyone knows during the course of a game, during the course of a season, you need multiple numbers. And now you're getting that seven and a half, eight guys, maybe even venturing, even nine guys. You're in a good spot there. When you're talking about which right tackle is going to win the job and who the backup center is as your offensive line, especially if you're West Virginia, where you were the last two years, as you outlined, a fantastic leap forward and still a lot of runway there as we've talked a bunch of young guys. I mean, that right tackle battle, that's two really young guys right there. And we know about Frazier and we know about... Brandon Yates, that, that's a young offensive line that has a lot of – lot of. you're going to see some improvement this year, but I think over the next couple of years it gets significantly better. So before we even jump into overs and unders, uh, we'll hit a couple of these different points. What is the realistic expectation once they start playing games? I think we've talked we, – I haven't mentioned this theme during this preseason, but I always think it's important to bring up, and that is – the intoxication of optimism that can overtake us fans in general, wherever they are, as their team gets ready to play. So I do think, like you put a a disclaimer in here. You know, like some of those disclaimers, like uh, financially, like the disclaimer goes like um, past performance is not a guarantee of future success. Correct. Okay. So it's like objects appear closer than they appear. Or objects are closer than they appear when you look in your rearview mirror. Yes. That. Yeah, exactly right. And so, like car commercials, they'll put them on car commercials too. Like rebates. They'll also give you the professional driver on a close course. (laughs) Right? You get that one like bottom, like two point font. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, here's my disclaimer let's just handle this and be. I think we want three guys on the game, three guys before the game. It's the name of the show. Whatever, give or take a word. Yeah, you know what I meant. This show would like to go on record not to have to come back after the first game and deal with, you guys said that you guys made this offensive line out to be like the 72 Dolphins. So here is where I want to go like. Do you think we've done that? I hope we, people perceive things differently. I mean, people, trust me, people hear differently. Okay. Like a lot of people still think I'm Hoppy. People come up to Hoppy and call him Tony. So yeah, I do. I do think people may mis- misperceive at times. So here is my on the record, on the record line, on okay. the O line. It's this. The, o, the offensive line is going to be significantly better than it was in Neil's first year. However, if you think they're going to come off the ball on the first snap and the opposing team's defensive linemen will all end up on their back with their arms and legs pointed in the air like a comfortable dog sleeping, no, not saying that. 
I think it's going to be improved. It will be good. It will be a good offensive line. Is it an absolute beat people up, slobber knocker offensive line like you go back in time that West Virginia had, you know, when Rich was here and Danny Moses and that gang was there? Those are really good offensive lines that had a ton of experience. You want to go really far back if you're older. 93, Rich Braham O-line, 88, offensive line, Kevin Koch and Brian Smiter and the rest of the guys, you know, beating people up and pushing them back. No, not yet. Maybe next year. Maybe next year they become this dominant O-line where you start to see at this time of the year preseason magazines saying like, whoa, West Virginia's got like a big boy offensive line. But right now, just think significantly better than it was because it was really bad two years ago but still a work in progress. That's my very long disclaimer. That couldn't fit that uh, in a 30-second I mean, commercial. It wouldn't fit on the screen there. I can't even keep track of the damn disclaimer right there. What the heck was that? <laughs> Do you think that was fair or not fair? Well, fair, but I, I don't know that we've been over the top. I, I think part of the reason there's so much discussion of offensive line, there's, just, there's two simple reasons. You said it twice. How far they've had to come from where they were in Neil Brown's first year when he finished what dead last in yards per carry. Yeah. So just the 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 moving forward to last year, helping to get a guy a thousand yards rushing in a shortened season, that in itself's a big jump. But there was clear you needed some improvement from last year, and then mix in that two of the guys that have arrived to help are state natives. One of which is the most one of the most highly recruited guys in the country. There's a reason why there's optimism, and you talk. I think that's fair to say how you said it. Better, don't necessarily expect it to be dominant. Let's see how it unfolds during the season. One more thing before we go into some over-unders. But, but let me just say this, because we're going to talk about this. We, you know, we were over at practice the other day, had had a chance to view practice for about an hour. Well, Zach Frazier been hitting the weight room a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I know it how sounds can you say, How can you say he's been hitting the weight room? Because to me, Zach is just like this. He's like, a walking slab of marble. He literally is. And I, I listen, I know that the, the the family converted the garage into a weight room while he was in high school. He's a weight room guy. He, I mean, you look at him. Like, we always, well, is he a little bit short for an NFL guy? It's a, I mean, dude's big, man. I mean, he stands out there. There's no big gut hanging over. You haven't artificially inflated him to three. I mean, yeah. he's a dude. Yeah. Yeah. Because some of those offensive linemen, they look bigger sometimes because they do have a, a protruding Yeah, he just, abdomen. I mean, he, a walking slab of marble is a good way to say it. Yeah. Here's one other quick note while we're here, because you would have liked this. I wasn't standing with you for this. You would have liked it. Remember how at the, the practice fan day, the fan day practice we were at, mm -hmm. and we just were giddy when the six quarterbacks all lined up and yeah. threw it at once to six like guys it. doing like different that. routes? Like it. So as they're looking for the backup center here, and Hunter always says with the offensive line, you start to see who can snap. And then you start to move into different positions from there. So they did a similar thing. We're lined up like five across, oh. five different guys snapping to five different quarterbacks under center, back into shotgun. Probably had some like math. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have predicted maybe over the last twenty years that if I were going to an open practice that I would stand and be enamored that five guys are snapping to quarterbacks. And I was watching it, you but know, they did. You know what Kinda that is? It. You know what that is? That's the Hunter impact, Coach Hunter right? Loves offensive linemen. He's kind of swung us over to really enjoy offensive line play. Wouldn't you agree with that? I would. In fact, I might have overtaken him because I don't know where he was, but he wasn't standing next to me watching the line. I mean, he might have been watching kickers or something. I was nah. I was dug in there on backup center. Poor Hunter gives no respect to those kickers. He, I guarantee you, he, it always has to be someone seven inches from the ball. So he was probably over at the defensive line analyzing how it would be when they go up against the offensive line. Could be. Yeah, pretty good. Dante came off the ball. Keem Mesador. He's got some good push. Pretty good player. Yeah. One other practice observation. You and I have talked many times in the practices we've watched that Garrett Green has a heck of an arm. Yeah. I can uh, personally firsthand account confirm that. We threw a ball near you? Uh, Might have broke my finger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was humming he whistled one and to i the don't know line. who i thought i was or how old i thought i was but it was coming my direction so i went hand, i mean balls coming i mean you catch it your baseball play that was your natural reaction uh, sure 30 years ago i will say it was a horrific throw by garrett i mean just a terribly wildly inaccurate throw i don't know how i could have been expected to catch it sure. even though i did get a hand on it yeah really fingers i mean dude was <laughs> he was rolling out and was throwing it away 
So he was just he was just throwing it away. It was coming directly at me. I went hands up. There was a zero percent chance I was catching it. Yeah, he got gun. They're trying to, um, trying to get him. Right now, if he were a baseball pitcher, everything's a fastball. They're trying to get him to put a little touch and to put a little off speed pitch in the repertoire. Yeah, he needs he needs to pick up an off speed sure. off speed pitch, as from what I understand, a little more touch. Now, again, this particular one, he was throwing it away. So you're taught don't don't lazy the throw away. Make sure you get got rid him. of it. He did. You don't think like when the coaches the next day or the afternoon were watching the tape, where they went like, "Hey, look at this over here," and they do the big circle around you to say, "Look at this guy trying to catch this ball." I, they may have. It would be unfair because again, it's so high. I mean, so high. My my elevation's not what it once was. Sure. I, I mean, I don't know how I could have been expected to catch it. Hunter did claim that I was taking some heat from other media members but again as you i mean oh, i would yeah. challenge any of them i mean uh, we'll just you want to have a catching contest i will here oh yeah i would yeah i'd like you i you, you feel good on my odds i go like yeah. if it's the field against you i go you thank you yeah. although on this one i was i was wildly inept so another topic that we need to address coming out of our last show last uh show 303 we had um dennis dot on and that set people back I don't know if you got any reaction to it, but there were a lot of people that came out of that episode saying, I'm depressed, Mm -hmm. I'm bummed out, I'm not happy, uh, questioned whether we we personally are now of the camp that, oh, it's going to be doom and gloom. Like, hey, you guys, you guys. So again, just for the record, no, I'm not overly bummed out by that report. For a couple of different reasons, one, it's way too early, and two, I think it went way too quickly and far down the road as far as what it all could mean. The dominoes were pushed all the way and say it could mean this, 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 this. I'm not buying that yet. I'm still in a state of I'm okay. I'm still in a state of we're we're going to be okay. I talked to Shane Lyons yesterday and asked him, what do you think a time period will be before this solidifies? And I guarantee as soon as I say this, like it'll be done tomorrow. But he thinks, you know, that's normally how it happens. Sure. It might be happening now. People before go, it's even out of your mouth, now that you've yeah. thought about it, it's probably happening now. Yeah, people will go, Four schools on the move now. Yeah, people will go back tomorrow. They'll serial play the cut, push it out there. But anyway, he thinks it's more along the line of 18 months. He thinks it gets quiet when the season starts, but conversation is happening, like a ton of chatter, but it's like private chatter, like private Discord channel. Um, it's not a public thing that you're going to hear a lot about, but he's thinking more 18 months. So a couple things I will also state for the record, as I as I thought I did at, immediately following the interview with Dennis Dodd, but just to recant, I, I think that meeting was wildly overblown, not by Dennis necessarily, but by others across the landscape on what that meant on that particular day. As I said during that episode, to me, that's more messaging at, at any at more than anything else. Maybe those three form an alliance down the road. Maybe that comes to fruition down the road. I think right now that was more messaging than anything else. That didn't change my opinion one bit of whether West Virginia is in a good spot or bad spot. I, I still tend to, which is why I went on that depth of conference rant that particular show. I just still am incredulous that there wouldn't be a seat at the big boy table right. for a program such as West Virginia. And I will, I will stand by that until the end of time, quite frankly, whether they're in or out, I stand by that there. How can there not be a seat at the table for all that a West Virginia brings in particular? They're just, that makes no sense. And the sports even in more trouble if that ends up coming to fruition. Yep. In agreement. Okay. That's as clear as I can be there. So now that we've basically done a cleanse from the last couple of episodes and just just stating cases, I don't know why we're being so, I hope we're not being defensive, but I want to, it's not defensive. It's just clarifying. Clarification. Clarification, yeah. just so you know exactly what I'm thinking or the senator's thinking. Let's do, got a couple of over-unders. We've got some, uh, we've got some texts as well that we're going to get into. But a reminder, don't know how you've been sleeping lately? I don't know. Excuse some, me? Some people sleep well. Some people don't sleep well. Sometimes you get into a pretty good run where you sleep pretty well, and then all of a sudden you have a couple of days where you, you roll over, you go like, it's got to be 627, you look at the clock. 1251. Those are nice. Well, yes. See, I like those nights. 
only it, they're nice if if the reason that you're being awoken is not a stress related situation like for example if you're a business owner and you're wondering are we covered properly with our computers at work or could someone get in and get a very large dose of all of our information it's not just happening other places it's happening here and fortunately there's a solution for you to see just to do a check how good how safe is your IT it's my buds at Comax Business Systems they will come in and they are small enough and nimble enough to do a complete assessment for free of your IT systems of your networks of your computers to see if you're good or if you are vulnerable just give them a yodel comaxwv.com k o m a x w v.com you can call them on the telly toll free because everyone's worried about how much the call costs 888-483-7440 but visit them at comaxwv.com wherever you are and they'll come in and they will do a complete assessment they offer remote cloud computing 24/7 tech support so if it goes bad in the middle of the night or if you're losing sleep because you're not sure, be sure, be safe, be confident. ComaxWV.com. This portion of the program is not rehearsed. I have no idea what his over-unders are. Give me two. This is interesting. That is true. There was no pre-production meeting on what the over-unders were, but you kind of led into these very nicely. And so what I tried to do on these, and we'll drip a few of these out through the season, but really we're doing this from a standpoint of let's talk about the areas that are impacted, okay? And the reason I went with these two, and let's begin here, one of the major pieces to the offense taking a step forward is what? We've talked about this many times, the ability to stretch the field, get some deep balls involved in this offense. Okay. So I was going back doing some numbers. One surprised me a little bit. West Virginia was top 25 in the nation last year in pass plays that went for 10 yards or more. Those aren't big explosive plays, but that surprised me a little bit. Okay. 37th in the country in pass plays of 30 yards or more. Surprising. Very surprising. Yeah. The problem becomes this. And again, (laughs) this isn't, we we realized what the offense was last year. It wasn't an offense designed to big play you to death. So Western only had three 40 yard or more plays. Okay. Okay. So there's, if we're talking about really big explosive plays, that's what we're looking for. Where does that rank? Glad you asked. Thank you. There were only three teams last year that played in as many or more games than West Virginia that had less 40 yard plus pass plays. One of them was Army. So that really doesn't even count (laughs) because they just don't throw it. NC State and Kentucky were the other two. So West Virginia just did not have enough 40-yarders. Again, it's not like that number three is going to become 16. But can that become seven? Can that become eight? Can it become six? And you're moving forward. So with those numbers in mind, big playability becoming more of this offense, Yes. I will give you this over-under, and it revolves around Bryce Ford-Wheaton. Oh, you're going right to an individual. Yes. Okay. Bryce Ford Wheaton over or under 18 yards per reception on the season. Bryce Ford Wheaton over under 18 yards. I'm not even giving you a hook. I'm just going straight 18. Some context before you answer. Last year, he was at 15.4 yards per catch. In 2019, he was right up on 17 yards per catch. TJ Simmons led the team last year with 17 yards per catch. In 2019, all he does is catch touchdown passes. George Campbell led at 24.7 yards per catch. And in 2018, going back a little further, right? Remember the vaunted 2018 offense that could big play you to death? This is interesting. Jennings led the team 17 yards per catch. Mm -hmm. Sills, 15 yards per catch. Those are surprising, right? Everyone would definitely say they're over 20. Agree. Now, you had about nine different guys that averaged 10 yards plus on that team per catch, but but Gary Jennings, the most at 17. 
So we're stepping out here a little bit. The line may get adjusted quickly, seeing the early action coming in. But Bryce Ford Wheaton, by all accounts, has improved. By all accounts, is needs to be your number one receiver this year. By all accounts, you're getting a Jared Deggie with a stronger arm. By all accounts, Neil Brown saying he recognizes the need to push the ball down the field. Does that translate to you only need a couple yards? What is that? Two and a half yards more 2. per 6. catch? six. Over under 18 yards per reception, BFW, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Will you sell that to me at 17 and a half? Not right now. If you would like the market to take its course and bring it down and you think you should wait until the market comes down, that might be one way to play this. I'm going over. Oh, you're going over at 18. Yeah. I don't want to wait for the market. I don't want to wait for the market. I would have given you plus money at 18. So that's a, that's a nice play. So my thinking is, I'm just going to base it off this. Okay. I don't think that Bryce Ford Wheaton is going to regress this year. I don't think that Caden Prather is initially going to go out there and be the deep threat. That might not happen this year. That might not happen until late October. I don't think game one, all of a sudden, he's run, running uh, – running verticals and, and beating everyone down the field. I think it'll happen. I think he's going to be extremely good, but I don't, I'm not banking that that's going to happen initially. I bank that Jared Deggie's arm is a little bit stronger. I bank that Bryce Ford Wheaton is going to be better than 15.4 that he put up last year. You teased me with, what did he do the previous year? 17? Uh, la, 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 la. Yeah, 16.8. So right up on 17. Yeah, I'm buying the 18. I wish I could have got it at 17 and a half. What eight? I'm buying 18. Or are you sitting on it? Good logic by you. I don't hate that at all. Might even make the play if it wasn't fact plus money. Give me under. Give me under. That's a pretty significant jump. I mean, almost three yards over 15. One fat's a 20% jump. And give me, give me the under. On that. I'll give you another one. So Sam James last year. But I think it's close. Sam James was 9.7. 9.7. So basically call it 10. See, I would be interested in Sam James at 14 and a half. Oh, that's a big number. Because Sam James is, so he had this big year. Uh-huh. He had a down year. Uh-huh. The last player to do that was Dakeel Shorts, who proved to be a really good player. Uh-huh. So the question this year with Sam James is, can Sam shake off a season that I'm sure he was not happy with, and can he bounce back up? Because he certainly showed he had the ability in year number one. So I would be, you know, I wouldn't put a gazillion tamales on it, but I would like that as a as a just a little just a little something, a little sprinkle. Yeah. We call that. <laughs> Yeah, I'd sprinkle. sprinkle a little bit or a little pizza money. <laughs> yeah. One of those two things. Yeah, I would give pizza money on like, I think he can get it up to 14 yards per Yeah, catch. that's a good one. We may, we'll, we're going to do this for the next few shows as we head in. I'll I'll take a look at some Sam James stuff because he's probably an under-talked-about component of that offense for a guy that had such a monster freshman season. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll come back to that. Okay, what's your other one? You kind of ran into this one too. Open started talking about running backs. Yeah. So let's stay on Letty. And I've got a couple on Letty. I got a good one coming later in a later episode on Letty. But let's just stay with the easy one, right? Right off the top, let's just talk rushing yards for a second. Because I thought, given all that we've said about the offensive line, given all the question marks around the running back position, for him to break out and for that offense to produce a thousand yard rusher in a 10 game season, that's a heck of an achievement for those guys. Given the year before we talked about Letty leading the team at 367 yards rushing in 2019. Think about that for a second. Make sure he led the team at 367. We went back. That was the lowest in like 25 years for a leading rusher for WVU. For right for a school that at times has been tailback. You. It probably bears going back, but that even sounds like 367. The lowest in 25 years. That even surprised me. I would think the last 75 years. It, you can go back further. I forget why I yeah. stopped at 25. I couldn't get past that. I mean, it's been decades. All right. Okay. So let's do some numbers here as we look at this. So Letty went for 1,010 yards last year in 10 games. So basically 100 per game. Just gave you the numbers of the year before. 
2018, the leading rusher for WV was 802. But part of that was because you had that prolific passing offense. You have to go back to 2016 when Justin Crawford went for 1184. And then 15 when Wendell Smallwood went for 1500. 1519 for Smallwood. I've arrived at this number for Letty Brown. Over under 1,200 yards rushing this season for Letty. So basically all I did there was take the 100 yards per game Mm -hmm. and just push it out to 12 games. May get 13 in, right? If you go to a bowl, you may get 13. So that number where I maybe went a little high on Bryce Ford Wheaton, I'm kind of pulling you in here. I mean, 1,200, that's not a giant jump from where he was with what could be a better offensive line. What have, what's your pass game do? Does that free up some space a little more to give him some running room? But are you going to have a second running back in there that you didn't really have last year to get some of these yards? And 1,200 yards rushing for a single back would be the most since 2015 when Smallwood went for 1,500. A lot of factors there to consider. Over under Letty Brown, 1,200 yards rushing this season. Extremely well done on your part. A tantalizing number. I, I, I was, he went for 121 yards a game last season, all purpose. And so I thought you might even come out because what do they keep talking about? His ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. So, and we're going to put him in different spots and yeah. we're going to throw it to him. But then, but, but you weren't here for this discussion. Greg and I talked. Welcome to the storyline every offseason going, we're going to throw it to the running back. We're going to line no. up Alex Sinkfield in the slot. We're going to put out a... Yeah. Well, we here comes another one of those disclaimers, folks. I think it's very, very important that you all know that in the world, the only people that lie more than politicians are football coaches. <laughs> Fair statement. When you go with that? Sure. The only ones that lie more, because football coaches, they will tell you straight to your face on Friday night before a game, we are going to run the ball no more. I mean, we will not run the ball more than 20 times in this game. Game's over, 57 running plays. So it's not a malicious thing. They, it's just, you just don't know. Neil How- has said he wants 20 to 25 touches for Letty, which is the same thing he said last year. Letty averaged 23 touches per game last season. Rushing, receiving. I'm going to go under on this. I think he gets over 1,100. I don't think he gets 1,200, which I think would be a great accomplishment. But I think his all-purpose yardage goes from 121, and it hovers more 127 to 130 yards a game. Because you can dump a ball into the flat, and basically, it's a toss. I mean, it's just like running a it's mm-hmm. like running a toss sweep. Mm-hmm. Same difference. You just deliver it a different way. Mm-hmm. So another one, and we may get into this, is like he has thirty one catches last year. Mm-hmm. Like, does he have forty five catches this year? Just say, here's what I would ask you to do: stick to the topic at hand. <laughs> I'm no, I'm just saying. Stick, you, if there was a buzzer, I would buzz <laughs> you and say, answer the question as asked. I went under. I don't need you to add on additional over unders that may be coming later. Oh. We're discussing his rushing yards. Thank you. Uh, under. Thank you, sir. Under. Love to see him go 12 plus. Love to see him go 13. That's super hard to do. You're right. I think the big piece of this question also, as you indicated, will be determined by how quality the number two back is. Mm-hmm. How much do they trust whomever assumes that two spot? So, hey, you're in the course of a game. The running backs coach, Chad Scott, says, hey, let's go. Well, I feel confident that this my, this my man my man can run it here. Let's go. Let's do it. Or does Letty become a workhorse, which he would love to do? Right, Letty, Letty would like to carry it every single snap. So, under twelve hundred. Okay. Can I say I like my own number? You're gonna go with it. I like where, I like where that number is, but I will say this: I'm gonna play a little strategy here. There are generally when you're looking at over unders. Yeah. There's there's a, a common school of thought there's a lot more paths to unders than overs yeah things can happen 
right? A, a ding one week where he doesn't get as many carries, uh, that sure. lingers for a couple weeks. Your second string emerges, you feel comfortable. Right. The passing game is not only improved, it becomes an anchor. You throw it more. To your point, he catches more. The 20 to 25 touches becomes a, a higher percentage of receptions versus carries. There's a lot of different ways to go under yeah. what's a big number here. I won't be the least bit stunned if he busts out 1,200 over a 13-game season with West Virginia Bowl. Won't shock me at all. But I think I'm going to play an under for all those reasons. Uh, I'll give me the under 1,200, although I think he goes over 1,000 but doesn't get quite to 1,200 because of the multitude of reasons. Yeah, well said. Well said. That was good. I think you came out pretty strong on your first two over-unders for the season. Good job. So just for the record, see, the thing that I have with Bryce Ford Wheaton that I like is it doesn't matter how many games he plays. Even if he does get dinged, right. the average is the average. Right. So I do like that. Which is part of the why. That's why I kind of bumped that up just a little yeah. bit right there. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. So there's our first two. We've Te- got some others. Text comments, questions, and others coming your way. By the way, we probably don't do this enough, and I've been bad at not putting a tweet out with the number. Um, the number, if you'd like to tweet us, we're open 24-7, like a good convenience store. If you'd like to tweet us, it's, and this is a test of faith. Look at my boy Taylor. He puts it right up there on screen. He's unbelievable. 304-404-4083. 304-404-4083. Text us anytime. 304-404-4083. I'm not using voice calls as much anymore because of some ridicule that I received. If I don't have the opportunity to edit them, I'm not going to play them anymore. So text is better. Three Guys Before the Game is brought to us by West Virginia Game Changer, supporting, encouraging young people throughout West Virginia to build healthy, addiction-free lives. You can help West Virginia families and children by becoming a Game Changer Visit WVGameChanger.com. That's WVGameChanger.com. The opioid overdose epidemic. More than 7,000 kids now live in foster care in West Virginia, up 71% in the last decade due to opioids. WVGameChanger.com. Text question. All capital letters. Hello. So with this talk of the ACC Big Ten Pac-12 Alliance, Is it worth it for the Big 8 to swallow its pride and seek to join the SEC in order to keep the proverbial seat at the table? You guys have been pretty critical of the SEC, rightfully so, but they may be our only move to remain relevant at this point. So a couple things. I have no malice for the SEC in the sense that they're conducting business. I get it, and it's a masterful play on their part. I certainly question the lack of communication in the way that it was done. Like, I got no no problem with them going like, you know what? We bring those two schools in. That's a heck of a like, – business-wise, I get it. I just think straight up, face-to-face, it, it, it lacked a ton. But I get it. I get it. I don't like the way that it was done. Again, like I said, just like be a man and just go, we're, or those two schools need to come to the Big 12 and say, look, we can do this and this, and this is what we're going to do. Be more out front about it. That's a different deal. Here's the problem. Saying, hey, hook up with the SEC and uh, become some form of a partner. The issue is this. What does the SEC get out of that deal? What's the value to them to do that? They're not in need. Well, the, you can stop. I mean, they, they won't do that. Yeah. They took the two pieces of the league they wanted, and they, they've discarded the rest. Yeah. So there's no – this is the old proverbial takes two to dance. So the, the big eight could want that, but the other party has to, and the other party has already said, we don't want that. We want those two, not the rest of you. So that – that decision's already been been made, and it was made unilaterally by the SEC. Yes, I agree with you. So that that's the issue. Um, and let, whenever, me just, let me just add this. 
we're not the only ones that have been critical of the SEC. Sure. There, there are a multitude of people inside college athletics that look at this Absolutely. whole thing side-eyed to say, what, what did you all just do? Schools and league collectively. As mamby-pamby as this may sound, college sports has lost its collegiality. They, because the dollars just became so big, like that old school mentality of like, what's the collegial, what's the college way of thinking about this has totally been pushed to the side. And this is all dollar driven. And so that is one of the things that they, you know, they lost. Um, When the talk turns to amateurism, whether it should exist, and the contention among the NCAA is it would take away, you know, what makes college sports special. Well, that train has already left the depot. That's done. And so you're seeing nut cutter moves being made because this is the business that you got yourself into, whether you know it or not, when you started to accept television's dollars and their ability to be in control and manipulate what you did, it changed the entire culture. So now you're in that world. Like you didn't want to be, you didn't want to, you didn't want to join the, you didn't want to join the mob. Well, sorry, you're in and you can't get out. Hotel California. You can come whenever you want, but you can never leave. Now you're in. So, um, Texter says 303, episode 303 was a great one. I enjoyed the text portion the most. Interesting. And as far as the game with Maryland, that used to be a barometer for the Mountaineers season. When we beat them, we went to a bowl game. Have you ever eaten fried turtle? It tastes great. I used to work there at Maryland. Did you ever eat fried turtle? Have not, nor have I ever been presented with it. Yeah. I don't know that I'd try it. I would. I don't know much about it. I've never seen what's underneath a turtle shell because they kind of cover it up with the shell. Their arms are like, they're always about, where's the meat? Like, where do you get the meat out of a turtle? Like, when you take the shell off, is there like a chicken, like breast, like turkey breast? You're asking the wrong person. Think it tastes like chicken? Yeah, probably if you fry it enough. Probably would. Yeah, probably would. I'm like, yeah. I'm, is that I, like a state fair food, though? Or is it like a, a regular dish? Like I said, I've never, I've never even been presented with that. Maryland State Fair or West Virginia? Or anybody's state fair. Yeah, you could probably it sounds it. like a fair food. Yeah. Probably get it somewhere. Probably like in Maryland. Somewhere down there. Did you ever go to the Maryland State Fair when you were there? No. Did you ever go to a state fair? No. Texter says, Chris in Clarksburg, don't forget that leaving the Big 12 out. out I, 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 I talked to Hoppy this past week about this. I said, Hoppy, do you struggle when you read the texts and he says, dude, like one out of every two, I just butcher it. I do the same thing. And I don't know what in the hell is the reason. Cause I is a good reader. Is that a you problem or a text problem? Well, me and Hoppy have the same problem. I know. But what I mean is when it comes in, cause sometimes the, if you're voice to text, if you're using that, no, these aren't. you can these get are some weird uh, stuff. My guess is that it's the way that it, the font and the tightness, I just, I butcher these. I do a horrible job reading these. I was in the uh, three reading groups in first grade. Like the kids that were basically could not read the middle group and then the elite readers first grade. I was in the basically could not read group. Hmm. Yeah. I think I've rebounded nicely from it, you but have, this is, the, but it's starting but, but to show. But I will say this, this is interesting. Because as someone that used to provide you scripts in our former relationship inside the athletic department, I have to provide you scripts for ceremonies and stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure you ever read one. Now, you have a unique talent to be able to. It it was really nice because once I figured out you weren't going to read what I wrote anyway, (laughs) I could just say, here, talk about this. Made my job easier. You made my life easier because you can just riff and wing it and do so well. But maybe that maybe that's the root cause there. You've just never felt real confident in your reading skills, and you develop the ability to go off script extremely well. 
I might need like... That was a compliment, by the way. Yeah, I might need a counselor. Maybe I've got some repressed... You think I may have some repressed well, stress from being well, in the... The fact dun- that you can remember what level reading you were in in first grade, there's I was, probably something banging around I there. was nice about it because back before political correctness, they would go, dumb reading group over there, guys that are okay here, and then you kids that can read really well over here. That's a stunner, though, because you're a really good writer. Yeah. Those usually... Usually you need to write to read. That's oh, I'm going to really concentrate on doing these well now. Don't forget that leaving the Big 12 out also means that there's no place at the table or value left for Kansas basketball. Love the show, Chris and Clarksburg. Oh, Tremendous yeah. point. Yeah, again, this, is, this goes back to our statement that if there's not a place in the world for the West Virginias and the Oak States and the TCUs, K-States for football, how in the world is there not a place for Kansas and basketball where they have to take this massive step back? Yeah, so the fear would be if I if I were inside the University of Kansas right now, you make a great point. I mean, right, one of the legendary basketball programs, even given all their NCAA issues that have cropped up. My fear would be there is a direct example mm-hmm. where they were left out, and that's Connecticut. Yep, Connecticut has had monster success, multiple national titles, has won under multiple coaches, right, because Kevin Ollie got one, Jim Calhoun got one, yeah. and they were left out because of an irrelevant football program, among other things. And you're bringing Kansas to the table with a, talk about a drain on a league in terms of competitiveness. They're still way behind. So I get it. Sorry, dropped a mouse. I would think the argument of depth to a league and there's got to be some value in Kansas basketball, but I would be a little bit nervous that Connecticut still sits on the outside looking in. Yeah. Text Jeff from Jane Lou. When you go to Charleston, do you see the Jane Lou sign more often than any other exit sign? Because it's number one on my list. For some reason, I always see the Jane Lou sign. It's well positioned. Yeah, it must be. Well, here's the problem. Good stretch of interstate to be able to see it. Here's here's the problem with Jane or Lou. Or Servia Road. Nah, Jane Lou stop. It really pops. Here's the problem with Jane Lou. The Jane Lou problem is cell phone. It is like you might as well just put another sign next to the Jane Lou sign that says your cell service is about to drop. Right? Because I'll be driving. I'll be going like I'm talking to someone. Da, 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 da. I said, hey, man, I might lose you here. Getting ready to go into the Jane Lou Bermuda Triangle. And then gone. And then it can come back up. But you're going to lose it in Jane Lou. Hey, three guys, Scope, Senator, and Uncle Hop recently took my family down to Florida for vacation. On the 12-hour trip down and back, I immersed myself in three guys. Started on episode one, (laughs) since I have only been a listener for the past two years. I see that you guys did start off doing short episodes. Many of the first 50 I consumed were under 30 minutes. Ooh, how about that? Because I do think that was our original plan. In, out, 20-some minutes, boom, give information, get out the door. Yeah. My opinion, I like them all, short or long. I cannot get enough of you guys. Couple observations. Uncle Hop has always been a part-timer. It just happens to be that he's not here today. Secondly, I love your first sponsor, where, oh, where, oh, where could we go traveling West Virginia high and low? I did use that once, didn't Sure. I? My children's book. Sure. We're just getting started. Just getting started. Didn't have a sponsor, so yeah. I said, let's do my children's book. Yeah. Down, by the way, to the last 70 copies. Okay, so advertising works. Yeah. If you'd like to get a copy, just go to TonyCaridi.com. I think I still have the Christmas special on. <laughs> Don't think I changed that. I think the Christmas. You and Burdett just doing great specials for a long time. Yeah, I mean three books for uh, three books for the price of two. It's good. You want to do some early Christmas shopping? TonyCaridi.com. Uh, he goes on. Lastly, my 15-year-old daughter believe you scopes are too hard on old Hoppy. Plus, she loves the name Hoppy. Thanks for making my vacation drive Griswold style bearable. Let's go, Mountaineers. Appreciate him listening. That's excellent. Thank you. 
Do you think I'm too hard on Hoppy? Uh, no, I, I haven't sensed that, but I also think Hoppy can take care of himself and fires back when necessary. If you want to know the inside inside, as we prepare for the fourth year anniversary of the show, it was August the 27th, 2017. So we're eight days from that. The whole reason why this show started was so that Hoppy and I could engage. We had a long history of getting after each other on game day Saturdays. And then that went away. And so this was kind of like bringing the band back together. It'd be like kind of like Simon and Garfunkel getting back together. But then we added another band member. Like, hey, Roy Orbison's really good too. Let's bring him in. <laughs> or like, hey, Ringo's out. You know, Ringo's available. The Beatles aren't together anymore. Let's bring Ringo. And so Brad became Ringo. And Ringo, when he recently, after he left the Beatles shortly thereafter, he started the beard too, just like you. This is going to be the best SEO episode we've ever had. <laughs> Ringo Starr, Kim Alexis. Beatles. Fried, uh, tur fried turtle. Roy Orbison getting a lot of clicks these days. Well, he's long gone, but yeah, he's still really good. Unbelievable singer. You know about his deal, don't you? His voice, he could, he could hit octaves that people you're not supposed to be able to. I like Orbison a lot. Owen from Franklin County, Virginia. Hey, three guys, love your realignment talk. Had me thinking. For West Virginia, the Big East was home, and since then, they've been homeless. I got to thinking, what if the Big East made its triumphant return? Parentheses, probably not, but one can dream. Here are the teams I would put into the return of the Big East. The kind of return of the Jedi. His Big East North. Penn State, Notre Dame, Syracuse, BC, Cincinnati, Army, Temple. South Division. West Virginia, Pitt. Virginia Tech, Maryland. Liberty, Navy, Louisville. If Notre Dame was not an option, move Pitt to the north and add UCF to the south. Owen, appreciate your creativity and thinking. It's always good to dream. And unfortunately, that's what that will remain to be, a dream. Um, next up, hello, Scopes, Senator Hoppy. This is Chris from D.C. and Memphis. Oh, I remember him. He made a, a contribution to Warriors in the Field. Awesome. Lived up to his word. He was a man of his word. The discussion on value of mid-tier Power 5 schools should focus on the marginal benefit versus the marginal cost, not that the total value of a school. As an example, if you're sitting at a barbecue in Memphis, is it worth the heartburn and indigestion to eat that last side or last piece of delicious brisket, or do you stop when you're almost full? As economists say, Marginal benefit must be greater to or equal marginal benefit. Unfortunately, the payouts for the conferences are already high. So a mid-tier Power 5 must bring in revenue greater than the marginal cost. So the revenue a school brings in must be greater than the current payouts. This is a fantastic point. Fantastic point. So here's a here, great point, Chris. And I haven't eaten lunch. So this would be like barbecue. It'd be like awesome. We're the wrong two to ask in the barbecue example. Yeah. Is it worth the heartburn? Yeah. And to eat one extra piece, we'd probably go three extra pieces when the heartburn's kicking. Or, I mean, the worst overeaters in the world. Just like if they had a club, we'd be like, yep, those guys are in. Charter members. Did you try that uh, mustard sauce that no, Luke Darnell? I haven't, but it's sitting you on the still haven't? I haven't been in things. haven't grilled out. Luke Darnell, world champion barbecuer, and I'm not saying that like to be funny. I mean, he literally is a world champion. He's got this mustard sauce that he's selling now at his uh, at his site. Like a mustard vinegar. Mustard vinegar. Oh, freaking. I can't wait. Every time I use it, I text him and say, dude, this stuff is gold. Love it. Well, why don't you next time you do it, bring a little bit in? Because clearly I'm not getting to the grill fast enough. Yeah. So to your point, Chris. 
you make a great point. Here's the deal. This is what oftentimes folks don't include when they put these conferences together and say, just do this and just do this. Let's say hypothetical. A league is paying its schools $32 million a year. Okay. And they come up with this plan and they say, hey, we can get West Virginia and bring them in. However, if we do, there's not going to be this huge increase in dollars, TV-wise, but we can get them. We're just going to have to share and take some of what you're getting now. So your 32 is going to become $27 million. So the question is this, how many schools do that? Now, they may love West Virginia. They may love John Denver. They may love the mountains, New River, everything about West Virginia. Understand West Virginia is a great competitive school. It's always been great. Put people in their stands. But will they take $5 million less to bring them in? That is his point right there. And unfortunately, the answer is going to be no. The revenue a school brings in must be greater than their current payout. And until we can find a way for that to happen in regard to any of this stuff or for West Virginia, it's not going to be a good situation. So the easy math to do is Notre Dame goes to the ACC it increases this by this. You bring in West Virginia, and while WVU adds quality, but not necessarily the way that these deals are cut dollars, then, okay, you can do it. But just as a one-off, these schools that are remaining in the Big Eight, none of those schools are doing that, that they can go to one of these leagues and jump it up so much that the other league members will say, yeah, we'll do that deal. No one's going to give up money. No one's going to give up money. They're not. Now, the flip side to that is this, and this is what we've been talking about through all these shows where it matters for West Virginia. What also matters in that discussion is as we've, let's talk about the ACC for a second. You're sitting on the fledgling ACC network. You have decided to pay schools in that conference for that network. If you're ESPN, you need that to be successful. And maybe it's not making money right now, but it's got to limit your losses. Do they want another Longhorn Network on their hands? No, right? They, they need to make that thing go. And that's been my point where a West Virginia school that can bring you quality football with multiple matchups that drive subscriptions, check. A Hall of Fame basketball coach in a winning program, check. A women's soccer program that's elite that will be programming that has to go on the ACC Network. The ACC and ESPN have to make the ACC network a viable channel. They need good programming. They need good programming. Right. So you're going to have to put schools in there and things in there that you currently don't have because right now it's not making a lot of money, right? So you need to enhance that particular piece of what you have. So does that translate into an extra $5 million per school? No, maybe not. But somewhere along the line decision makers have to look at that and say, what are we going to do to make this product better? Those discussions are happening. ESPN's having that discussion. They don't lose 30 million on that, 40 million, 50, whatever that is. Right. So some of this comes back to content. They've got to have content. They've got to fill ESPN2 at noon. There's a lot of windows they've got to fill content. That's the value West Virginia brings. It is different now than it was previously when there was a dollar twelve tied to every person in your market. This is a totally different discussion in my mind. We hope. We hope. Well, it just is. It we just is. So. It's a different discussion. Now, whether the answer lands where West Virginia wants it to land, that remains to be seen. It's a different discussion than what was going on before. Agreed. Agreed. Well, this has been good. Another short episode. I just looked at the, uh, just looked at the counter there. 18 oh. minutes. Eh, yeah, it was 18. Yeah, it was 18. Plus uh, about 45 or so, 44. We go over an hour? Yeah, we're over an hour. Yeah. Hey, well, we who would have seen the Kim Alexis thing coming? That kind of yeah, solid point. made the overhit. Solid. You know how many people are going out there now and Googling Kim Alexis? She's 60 now. She'd be 60. 
but in her time, she was a multiple. If you saw Kim Alexis, she was doing an autograph signing old Sports Illustrated magazine covers, and you walked up and said, hi, I'm Tony Caridi, would she know that? Been all over the world. Yeah, yeah she would know. Yeah. All over the world. Yeah, she, was, she knows my sister. They're in the same, I don't know if they're the same home, but yeah, same thing. Yeah, she, if I said, yeah, hey, yeah, she would go like, oh, yeah, 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 get away from me. Yeah, but she, <laughs> yeah, she would. Yeah, she would. Three guys before the game brought to us by Comax Business Systems. They're helping you sleep better at night if you get your IT checked out, your networking checked out. Are you safe? Not just I think I am. Free assessment. Visit them. ComaxWV.com. Plus, I got a scat of other things. Verdeck Camping Center, $300 off when you spend 1000 on parts, sales, or service. That's a 30% discount. Canute Curtis Special continues. Visit them at BurdettCamping.com. That's BurdettCamping.com. And by West Virginia Game Changers, supporting, encouraging young people in the state to build healthy, addiction-free lives. You can help our West Virginia families and children become a game changer. Visit WVGameChanger.com. That's WVGameChanger.com. We be out. We be back next week. Getting closer to that football time. Special thank you to our producer engineer, Jonathan Taylor County, Tyler Consolidated Kennedy. He's hey, how about him? He he did the Pony League baseball yeah. deal last night. Social yeah. media. Game went four hours. A, a Pony League game goes four hours in eight innings. The championship game. Championship. Congratulations to Brownsville, Texas. Hello. And he didn't get back till 2.30. He's in here running Hopster's show at 10 in the morning. That's the kind of commitment that we're looking for as we grow our franchise. People that live it. Guys People that, stick that live their, it, you got a chance. Guys that stick their face in yeah. the fan is what we're after. So our fan face is Taylor. Episode 304, over, under with the Mountaineers, over, out. Thank you all. Hey, do me this. If you're still listening, give yourself a pat on the back. Recommend this podcast. Doing a little research. Going to try to grow the numbers on this thing. And the most, uh, the largest way to get a podcast to grow is by word of mouth recommendation. So recommend it to someone you think might like it. Thank you for what you do and listening. See you. Be good. Be good.